2: Hey, it's Sparky, 5 for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time out live from the Wendy Studios. Don't forget, summertime means strawberry frosty time at Wendy's. You want to take advantage of that today. And just because it's not a chocolate frosty does not mean that you still cannot dip those french fries into that strawberry frosty. Delicious with that real strawberry taste that I love so much. Check it out today. Joining us now, he is Tim Diller. Follow him on Twitter at Dim Tiller, the host of Brewers Unfiltered podcast with Adam McKelvey. Uh, along with Sophia Minner, of course, here I'm on Valley Sports Wisconsin as a analyst for the Milwaukee Brewers. Tim, thanks for coming on. What's on Brewers Unfiltered this week?
0: I tell you what, we need to discuss a little bit about dipping fries in some frosty. Yeah, that delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't discuss that on the podcast. It'll have to be the next episode. But uh, yeah, we just kind of go over a little bit of the players, John Singleton's story, a little bit after being out of baseball in the big leagues for eight seasons and able to. Come back on his ninth-year anniversary of his Major League debut. Very cool. And Andrew Monasterio, talk a little bit about him and his impact. But for the most part, we talk about the state of the Brewers and what it's been looking like so far this season and injuries and when those guys are going to return. So a lot of positive things coming for the Brewers in the future.
2: Uh, let's talk about Monasterio for a second and what this means for Bryce Terrain with Urias back uh, and going to third base and Adamas uh, shortly back, probably coming this weekend. Do you think uh, that Bryce Terrain could be headed back to the minors with how Monasterio has been playing?
0: I mean, quite possibly, but at the same time, you know, if they have a right-handed hitter in Urias uh, in Monasterio, then it's like, okay, well, we, you might need a left-handed stick. Um, but I don't know. That's for them to discuss. I kind of hope they don't. He has not committed an error, uh, almost 200 plays this season. So, I mean, he's been doing his job defensively uh, and saving runs. So, Um, You kind of don't want to have to do that. It feels like a regression Maybe the best thing. Who knows? Uh, But at the same time, it all plays out. A lot of times people don't know exactly how things are going to play out, but something always pops up in baseball. It just ends up doing it that way. But um, I love Bryce String. I think he's going to come around. He did early work yesterday in Cincinnati uh, with a real emphasis on getting on top of the baseball and what that looks like. He's been driving the ball well, but it's usually the fourth at bat and they already figured out kind of his approach. So usually there's someone standing there in the left center gap. Um, but I you can't, you can't discount what Monasterio has been doing and what we've seen from Craig council probably around mid May was or early May is he's going with the hot hand uh, in this case, bat wherever the hot bat is, that's what he's going with. Um, and he hasn't really been shy about that. If, if you're hitting, you're going to play. If you build it, they will come.
2: I saw uh, somebody, I think it was a fan or maybe it was a blogger, I don't remember. Somebody pulled up uh, Terang's numbers this year versus Hardy's first year uh, in the big leagues and kind of was comparing the the average on base percentage. Terang obviously striking out at a much higher rate than Hardy did that first year. But other than that, the number's pretty similar. Do you see similarities between him and Hardy?
0: I do. I do. Hardy was a fantastic fielder, but I think for whatever reason, Bryce Terang makes the same plays and he just makes them very easily. Um, he is just a naturally gifted infielder. And it, it shows. It shows in every moment uh, double plays and um, just backhanding balls, forehand. We've seen him at shortstop now with Willie Adamas out for a little while. So, I mean, just the sheer athleticism the kid can play. And there's no shying away from that. And we've seen flashes of the bat as well. So just waiting for all that to kind of sink up. But you know what? If you want to go to the big leagues and stay in the big leagues, you better be okay at defense, right? And he's been exceptional.
2: Yeah, no, not about that. Uh, the other guy, uh, the other rook, I guess, would be another guy with exceptional defense, and that's Joey Weimer, whose bat now is starting to pick up here the last six or seven games as he's on a little bit of a hitting streak, and you're starting to see the power come with him really driving the ball.
0: Yeah, four doubles and a home run, I think, in his last maybe, I guess, just on the road trip. Um, What I've seen from him is the strikeout numbers have have been going down and the walk numbers have been going up. He has been getting in good counts and making pitchers pay, and he's also felt comfortable in two strike counts. Uh, Going back to last night, he destroyed two doubles down the left field line. Um, I think what you're seeing from him is just the extension because he got a couple of pitches that were up and away, and he was able to pull them. And he's tall. He's lanky. He has that kind of plate coverage. And when he's playing to that, pitchers don't have many places they can go. We've seen him in, inside out some balls. Uh, but for him, it was about getting in a good count and being patient. And uh, he's just tough read. He's a tough read. We talked about it on the broadcast last night. I think what pitchers are finding out is uh, the, the less he swings at, at times, uh, they don't know how to pitch him. He's such a tough read. Was he sitting changeup? Was he sitting curveball? Was he looking for a fastball? Because of he, the way he moves in the box, he gives nothing away. Right, he'll take a pitch down and away, and he'll be on a knee, and like hanging over the plate, looking at it, and the umpire's like ball, like he's just—it's unorthodox, and it, I think it's been throwing pitchers off these last couple
2: weeks. I read an article on Fangraphs, Tim Dillard, on Rowdy Tellez, uh, and it talked about the fact that uh, he is swinging at uh, a lot fewer pitchers uh, than he has in the past. Thirty-five uh, percent uh, of all pitchers thrown him second lowest in baseball, behind only Juan Soto. Uh, at this point, which that has led to uh, his walks going up and so forth. Uh, what have you taken away from Rowdy Tellez this year from previous years?
0: I think just, at the, I mean, 2021 was pretty good. He came in, made a big splash. I would say 2022 for him, it was trying to get some of that power going. Like he was trying to hit power balls all over the field. Um, what I'm seeing this year is when he's going good and heating up, it comes down to just taking his single. Just being okay with that. He had back to back days with uh, two singles in each game. And he was just taking what he was getting. And, and and the power comes later. I think a lot of people think, oh, you should be swinging for the fence every time. But players don't want that. Players want to be on base. And if they can, if they get four at bats, a lot of times if they can put together a couple of hits in between there. Pitchers are going to start making adjustments and say, okay, well, he's trying to go opposite field or he's, he's looking to hit the ball in the four hole to right on the ground. Uh, That's when they start making mistakes, because if you're a starting pitcher and you're facing Rowdy Tellez for the third time, I guarantee you don't want to give up another single. Like This guy's just taking his singles. And then that's when you kind of play that little chess checkers type matchup. And uh, that's when the big the big hits come later. And so I I love his approach right now. I think he's making pitchers uncomfortable uh, just for the fact that he's not swinging.
2: Talk with Tim Dillard, again, catch him on Bally Sports, Wisconsin Brewers Analyst, uh, as well as check out Brewers Unfiltered. Download on your Odyssey uh, app or, or also by simply going to Brewers.com. Him, Sophia Minard, uh, and Adam McKelvey. You guys talk about John Singleton uh, getting his call up. And I saw a story tweeted out by Adam McKelvey a couple of days ago uh, about it was in the middle of a game when they found out uh, and the whole dugout erupted so loud, they actually had to stop the minor league game because uh, it got so loud in the dugout. I mean, that just says a lot of how much he would, is liked and loved by his teammates down in Nashville.
0: That's exactly what it is. Uh, I mean, I think what's amazing is Rick Sweet's been around forever, and he knows what it's like. You know, he has told lots of people they've been going to the big leagues. You know, he's had the tough conversations of telling people they, you know, they have been let go. And in that moment, in a tie ball game, in the night, he decides to yell 40 feet down the dugout that, told singleton to pack his stuff he's going to the big leagues it was a little bit of shock and awe all the way around you know from what i'm hearing guys were just like stunned they had to stop the game because they were erupting so much and nobody really ever seen anything like it because he is beloved and what rick sweet talks about is just singleton's in every single facet of that clubhouse uh talks to everybody you know you don't have these little clicks where guys are off in the corners you know he's he's in and mingling with everybody it doesn't matter what they're doing away from the field at the field and you gotta love guys like that and getting called up the first time for him he had just signed like a multi-year multi-million dollar deal uh and was a rising uber prospect right so you you kind of expected he was going to be in the big league this time around he's not on the roster uh he wasn't doing absolutely amazing where you just had to call him up so and it was in the middle of a ball game so the sheer shock value um, will tell you everything, and the players reacted accordingly. He is, he is very much loved. He has been a mentor for a lot of guys.
2: I don't think people realize how tough that is. Uh, obviously, I mean, you've been through it, and a lot of guys have been through it, where you're in the minors for that long. But to be in the big leagues and then have that long of wait in between, the, the challenge mentally of that and the challenge on your family as well to stay with it and not give up, and then to be rewarded has got to be overwhelming.
0: Well, I wouldn't have played as long as I did in the minor leagues if, if my wife wasn't okay with it. Right. <laughs> At least 50 or 60%. Um, you have to have that. You, once you start doing life, you start, you know, you're married, you have kids, like you, you just, it's almost like, all right, can we just stop with this already? And you have to have that moment. And actually, I had that moment quite a few times when, you know, the Brewers asked me to coach uh, in 2014. I couldn't find a job in 15. I found myself in Mexico in independent baseball. And you're bouncing around and you have to ask yourself, what's, what's the, what's, what am I doing? Um, and it all comes down to support system. He wouldn't be where he is if it wasn't for the family and friends that surrounded him and support him to do this because you, there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee you're going to have that chance again. You don't really know why you're doing it. And you start asking yourself, does anybody really care what I'm doing here? Um, and is it time to get on with my life? So to have that reward is amazing. I've seen a couple of guys, I met Nevin Ashley comes to mind, Catcher for the Brewers got called up, had spent 10 years in the minor leagues. Uh, there's different guys like that where it pays off. Me personally, when I got called up in 2008 the first time, I was on the roster, I was in AAA throwing 96, and I had a one ERA. So wow. for me, looking back, I'm like, well, it was a, it was a matter of time, right? Until yeah. so they had a need, and they needed uh, needed me to come and pitch. So um, fast forward to the next time I got called up after I in 2011, when I switched sidearm, I wasn't on the roster. I wasn't doing all that great, and it was a big surprise. We had a doubleheader. It was about to start at 1130, and I'm walking through the fence to go to the bullpen, and the pitching coach stopped me. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, can you start this game? And another bullpen guy was supposed to start it, so I was freaking out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can start this game. And the guy's like, just kidding. Pack your stuff. You're uh, going to the big leagues tomorrow.
2: Wow. So
0: you talk about what means more. I guarantee you, John Singleton – is more overwhelmed now than he was nine years ago Yeah, at that moment. I promise. Emotionally, there's so much that goes into it. There's so many people that come alongside you along the way. Uh, Very special moment for him.
2: No doubt about it. Uh, I I got one other thing for you. I I don't know if you saw it or if you guys talked about it on Brewers Unfiltered. Did you see the video from Abner Uribe uh, from a couple of nights ago down at, I think he's with the Shuckers and down in Biloxi. Uh, where uh, he's pitching for the Brewers. There's a play at the plate. He comes home, gets the ball. Runner slides in safe. Uh, the umpire is standing there, calls him safe. Goes to give a rebate the ball. Rebate is looking at him, gets up, spikes the ball from his mitt on the ground, doesn't take the ball from the umpire, just walks away. Comes back, strikes out the next guy to end the inning, I believe it was. Uh, and then goes to get the ball from his catcher. Must have said something. Game was over, and then the home plate umpire ejected him after the game was over. I've never seen a player get ejected after the game was over. I'm assuming you do it because then the player gets fined. That's why the umpire does it. But I, that that's a first for me.
0: Oh, I've seen that a bunch. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, the way something ends in a heated debate in one way or the other, uh yeah, it's just it doesn't get us televised. Like right now we have more video in the minor leagues than ever before. Sure. Um and, and you have, you know, social media to get that out, but hundred percent there's <laughs> I've seen coaches get tossed. I've seen players get ties, I've seen players that play at the plate, guys out, he pops up, slams his helmet, see ya, you know, but nobody really cares because the game's over. <laughs> right. But at the same time, like, you know, umpires, if you show up an umpire, they do have the right to toss you, you know, whatever that looks like. It's their discretion. I don't always agree with it. I'll say the same thing I tell my 14 year old son. I always butt heads with the umpires when I'm out there, but they are also human beings and you need to treat them with respect. Um, (laughs) But sometimes the emotions take over and you just got to give into it, right? And at the end of the game is a safe space to do that.
2: Kurt Hogue is the one that has the video. If people want to go look at it on Twitter, it's at C Y R T H O G G. He's got the video up. You want to check it out. And Uribe is going to be something. He's a super hard thrower. He's got a little bit of a control issue, but I mean, he may be the future closer for this Brewers team at some point.
0: Yeah. You never know. I mean, they have a great, great uh, formula for pumping out great arms in the bullpen with amazing pitch selection on what they come up with. And, Uh, yeah, I wouldn't count anybody out at this point. I love the fact that brewers can take anybody if it's a free agent and turn them into something amazing, or they can just refine their guys. And as years go by, they're just completely ready for the big leagues. We've seen it over and over again.
2: Talking with Tim Dillard. He's brought to you by Fourth Base Restaurant, the iconic uh, restaurant uh, from the movie Major League with Charlie Sheen uh, and so forth. And we always talk about this uh, during our interview that people go in there thinking that's burger, fried, joint, standard sports bar. Uh, And then they see what actually they actually have and they are blown away when they actually order the steak or the lobster or the seafood or whatever the case may be. and can't believe how delicious it is. And then what happens, word of mouth, uh, word travels, you start telling your friends and all of a sudden that place becomes packed. uh, And again, couldn't be more happy to have them as a sponsor and praise them for the great work they do. And uh, Tim is is one of their uh, legendary uh, repeat customers, I believe.
0: Legendary repeat. Now you're stretching it, Sparky. You're stretching a little <laughs>
2: bit.
0: <laughs> I am in there a lot. I'll be there in a couple days. My family's coming into town from Nashville, and uh, that's what we're going to do after the ball game: is uh, go in there and eat some good food and talk about some good times.
2: That's good stuff. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming. I we will uh, do this uh, again next week, Tim Diller. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.